just about mm -hmm. every religion out there has these, like we, we call it the golden rule. Like every major religion has the golden rule, treat others the way that you want to be treated. They have some form of it. So it's, it's not like we need Jesus for this, you know? Whoa. I, I think episode title is going to be Shannon doesn't need Jesus <laughs> or we, we don't, don't need, need Jesus. Jesus. We don't need Jesus. We don't need Brian, I don't need Jesus when I have an iPhone. Why do I need a savior? I have a phone that gives me everything I need. You got, you yeah, got TikTok Jesus. TikTok Jesus. Welcome to episode 280 of Pub Theology Live, a weekly conversation on life and faith over a craft brewed pint, a fine wine, or whatever happens to be in your glass. On today's episode, the Reverends Shannon Weston, Ogan Holder, and yours truly, Brian Burkoff, will address and engage what's happening through a theological lens with a good brew in hand. And that good brew might be in your own Pub Theology Live pint glass which you can get when you become a patron subscriber head over to patreon.com slash pt live and for a few dollars a month you not only support this show but you get access to some extra conversations some pre and post show banter uh today's pre-show we were having a having a parenting convention moment um and i think you parents can relate so check that out patreon.com slash pt live and you get a pint glass while supplies last and as always, thank you to our current patrons. Today, we're gonna to discuss being sued for helping the unhoused, social media shifts and church splits. Oh, Brian forgot to update that part. So we're not talking about those things. Do oh. better, Brian. Do uh, better. Do we better last about week. that last week. Do better. Do here, better. here, start over. Oh, <laughs> today we discuss, take it from the top, Shannon. <laughs> Okay, before we do that, since we're going to edit this out, Ogan, make sure you're... No, we're not. No, we're not. Let's going through in. the mic. Today we it's discuss... Still... Oh, good. Ready? Take oh. three. <laughs> it's been a while since we had one of these. Today we discuss notifications, secularization, and religiousness, religious-less Christianity. I don't know what that means, but it's really hard to say. <laughs> <laughs> that was a doozy. So because of some conflicts that I have, I appreciate you gentlemen significantly. What are we drinking this morning? Because we are in the morning. We are recording in the morning. Ogan, I think you have a fancy one. So I'm going to make you go last. I'm actually going to uh, start, which I oh, never do. Yeah. I have some good old fashioned coffee. Columbia blend, fair trade. My everyday brew with a little bit of half and half. <laughs> there you go. Brian, what are you drinking? Well, I am fasting uh, as part of my colonoscopy prep, so I am drinking good old water in my water in a pupsiology pint glass. Yes, yeah. nice, 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 nice. Um, Ogan living morning, the island life, and nothing says nothing says morning booze like mimosa. Oh, love um, it. So I am. This is my this is my own mimosa concoction. I don't have sparkling wine. I just have this regular non-sparkly bottle has been sitting in the fridge since christmas 
Um, and I was like, well, that's when, not that long ago. Drink this? No, it's not that long ago. But for me, it is. For me, <laughs> that the bottle of wine is still sitting in the fridge. <laughs> There's been since... booze for over a month in my house. <laughs> exactly. It's been a while. Uh, so it's actually orange juice and pineapple juice. Yes. And, my favorite and, combo. Yes. And some white, some white wine. So that's, that's my beverage for the morning. I actually prefer a mimosa with pineapple juice. Um, and we get secret tip. There's this Dole makes a pineapple orange peach. That yes. is really, I love like, that. Really love that. good. Anyway, just throwing that. We we're we now that I don't have Sunday commitments, my Sunday commitments are drinking mimosas. So <laughs> that one is good, but when I buy it, my kids drink it like like it's, it's gone instantly and it's gone. So it's I so get, good. I get orange juice with all the pulp because then it just sticks around and I like that kind and the kids like it less. You should get orange juice. I should get orange juice with all the pulp so they won't drink it and like just strain the pulp out. <laughs> you could. There, there you go. Or 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 just hold on to the empty carton and then buy a couple of them and like peach orange things and then just pour it in. Oh, look at yes. this! Yes, Ogan, you are a yes. You are a man of the kids. Many talents. Yeah, yeah. Subscribe on Patreon for more parenting tips. More parenting tips. <laughs> and if you'd like to know how we're avoiding our children, subscribe on Patreon and hear all about it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> On to today's topics. All right. What notifications do you opt to receive on your phone? And have you ever had to just delete an app because you couldn't figure out how to turn off the notifications? Yes, because I sent you this as an opening question because I couldn't figure out how to do it. Well, yeah, tell us. What was the app? <laughs> Listen, it was VRBO, um, like Verbo, the vacation Verbo. app. And I had, okay, so first off, to answer the question, um, so I texted you, I sent a screenshot because it had a one with the little red dot and I couldn't get it to go away. I had no, there was nothing in it. I couldn't get it to go away and it was driving me so crazy. I had to delete the app because I opt into very few notifications on my phone because I, for some reason, like hate that little I think it's okay. I know what it is because I've been through lots of therapy, which is like I function in a way that like lots of people need things from me. And if my phone has a lot of notifications and it feels like, oh, yeah, like I panic because like people need me, it raises you know? the, yeah, that stress level. That stress level. So, like, that's just me being weird. Other people like to be needed and want those because they're like, oh, people need me. And I'm like, yeah, you can have it here. You can have all my need. Like, there you go. But, um, phone. Like phone call, voicemail, text messages. That's what I have notifications for. Ooh. That's it. Yeah. Um, uh, yes. Communication, text and voicemails, you know, WhatsApp, that sort of stuff. Um, I have a few news apps on my phone, but I only have the no notifications for one of them. So I don't get like, you know, 17 breaking news alerts when things happen. Mm -hmm. Um and I do, I think Associated Press is the one I have alerts for. Um, and I also have alerts set for my dating apps because my dating apps need to stand on top of the connections. Got to know. Got to know. Got to know. So, yeah, I think it's down to that. Um, I don't know how I don't have an iPhone, never had one. So I don't know how the locations in there. 
turn them on and off, but I love, I love, love, love. I assume this happens on an iPhone, but I love with Android, the specificity in which for every app, you get your list of like seven, eight different types of notifications and you can pick and choose them, including mm-hmm. shutting them all off in one go or go like, you know, I just want to be notified when someone messages me. I don't need your promotions. I don't need your random crap that happens, you know. So, yeah. so yeah, I, I I appreciate that about about an Android. Does an iPhone work that way too? So can, there are, you... there is a list, and you can. But like this is what I'm mm-hmm. talking about, where like my phone has this little red dot with an. Right now, I have eight unread text messages, which I've just right. gotten since we started recording because. I checked well, them right before. Relax, everybody. Shannon's doing something. <laughs> and I use the do not disturb feature on a regular. Yeah. And like, right. not even like nobody comes through on the do not disturb because go. my children have other parents. And when I'm, especially when I'm with a client or if I'm recording, like I can't, I, I can't deal with the distraction. Yeah. Like I mm-hmm. absolutely can't. Now, if there's some, if I know somebody's sick, I know something's going on or like Derek's on a plane. I'll make him an exception or I'll make one of the kids, you know, there, but I also let like, Hey, in case somebody, in case I get distracted, this is what's going on in my life, you know, but that is rare for me. So I have a challenge on my uh, church cell phone, which is an Android. I can't figure out how to get it to show me text notifications. So I never, and I'm on several like committee threads. And I can, it never shows me when I get a text. So like, I have to think of it to go check it to see if I got a text. And it's like, that's a notification I want to get and I've turned it right. on and yet it still doesn't give me the notification. So I don't know what else to do. Yes. Sometimes, sometimes it's a, it's a carrier issue. Um, so oh. I remember mm-hmm. uh, a friend of mine had a same phone that I did, but we were on different networks. And for some reason, when his texts came through, he also didn't get same issue. He didn't get notifications. And then when we did some deep dive in, it turned out it was a known issue between that particular phone and that particular carrier. That's and, interesting. And they've been they've been trying to figure out what was messed up in the code that didn't make that work. So sometimes that could be uh the issue as well yeah because uh, on my personal so, phone even i usually have it muted but it will show on the screen that so and so texted or that yeah, there's yeah. multiple texts this never shows anything on the screen like zero but, notifications but the question is like are you like can you deal with the red bubble like can you deal with so- yeah that doesn't bother me it doesn't bother you no like no. and this is what i actually texted you i screenshotted it and I was like, do you have to delete an app because you can't figure out how to turn off this red bubble or are you normal? Like, yeah, <laughs> that's right. what I, I texted. That one doesn't bother me as much. So Derek gets this, this actually, it bothers me and it's not even my phone. He has every notification for everything turned on what? all the oh, time. No. No. Every email, every app, like every game, every, like everything. No, goes to his. No, and no, he no, never no. checks his voicemail or is he never clears it out. So like there's it's just red bubbles. If you like pick it up, it's just a list of things <laughs> like it, See that? So I actually had to I had to turn on his sleep mode because every night it was like every three oh, seconds. Oh, yeah, you can't so have that. I, I was like, you're 
So now my watch, for some reason, when it charges, when it's fully charged, it like comes on. Yes. And he's like, you got to turn that off. I'm like, yeah. I'm sorry, mister. My phone goes off every three <laughs> seconds. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, see, that's my other challenge is on my personal phone. I can't figure out how to turn on the voicemail. So, like, I never get voicemails. I don't know if so they're going get, to the abyss or, like. I not only get the voicemail, Apple transcribes it for me. And yeah, that's amazing. The plan that we have through T-Mobile, they also send me a text message with a transcribed message. So wow. like, so I get a text message alert as well, like with the message in it. So I it's have great. Not, I have not gotten or checked a voicemail in years. And <laughs> you've I'm gotten much a voicemail a, in and years. And I'm not much of a phone talker. So it's like, I might see that someone called me and I'm like, oh, well. <laughs> I 1000% text them back. No question. I don't I, like text me or email me if you want to get a hold of me. Phone calling is not the best way to get a hold of me. Phone calling, like my voicemails are like mechanics, doctors' offices, you know, like those are the people that leave people that know me don't leave a voicemail. Well, and I've been waiting to find out when my procedure is tomorrow. And I'm like, why haven't they called? And then I see they've it's called in three your voicemail. Times. They've called me three times, but they couldn't leave a message. I really do. This is one of those. This really is one of those moments, though, that I'm like. This is where opposites marry each other. Like this is where like <laughs> this is go. one of those things of like if one person is this way, they're guaranteed to be married to the opposite person. Like I That's bet funny. Christy checks her voicemail. That's all I'm saying. I'm sure she does. She probably knows how to do it, too. But she also has an <laughs> iPhone. So, you know, <laughs> she knows how to do it. too. <laughs> the other the last thing I'll say is perhaps find a different app. For your voicemail, for your text, for your messaging, there's a there's a bunch of different apps you can you yeah. can use for these things, and perhaps it's about finding the right one. I think part of the problem is like I was a Sprint customer forever, and then they were bought by T-Mobile, and so like yeah. I still have some Sprint voicemail apps on the phone, and they don't work anymore, and it's like it's oh not God. connecting the new one to my. I don't know. <laughs> I've tried. I don't, I just like saying, oh, sorry, I don't get voicemails. So you, you'll have to keep trying. That's I mean, it, there, we found it. We found it. We I was going to say, I was going to say, you're I using it. I just like using... not getting voicemails. There's yes. the, there it you, is. We found it. <laughs> you also, you also want to stay. You also, I think there's a part of you that also loves not being easily reachable. Like that is 1,000%. Reach exactly. So, you know, that's all it is. This is still my COVID and still my COVID and running for office. PCD. I'm like, don't, oh I'm not available. don't, please don't call me. I'm just not available. <laughs> all right. <sighs> Moving on from our apps. Good luck. All you app users out there. Y'all it's, it's complicated. <laughs> Check your phone. You probably are missing a notification. <laughs> Y'all, it is taking everything in me to not check those eight text messages right now and like really see what's well. going on. Just this is why I can't, I cannot handle it. Just to... I am not that me... compulsive. What is this about? Anyway, that's, yeah. that Shannon, is for my therapist. Shannon Let's is move on. at drinking coffee while the flames are around her. <laughs> Everything's fine. Everything's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> okay. Some sociologists posit what's called a secularization hypothesis, the idea that religion fades away as societies progress. Are you inclined to agree or disagree with that view? 
I mean, we're not like, you know, worshiping Zeus anymore. So uh, there's there's there is some some validity to that. Well, um, but we are <laughs> still worshiping. Well, y- y- yes. So uh, the amendment I would make to that is there's certain aspects of religion and certain religions that don't stand up to progress. Mm. Right. So uh, they also don't stand up to being conquered by other nations. They also don't stand up to, you know, other things that have happened in the course of human evolution. Um, there's, a, I think, a time and a space for everything and some things, including some, you know, religious denominations or some religious movements, you know, outlive their time and their usefulness. Here's my, but, my, clar- like my mm-hmm. clarification question is like, yeah, religion, faith, like that, like Ogan just said, like that, particular sect or religion complete because i don't think we have proof that religion goes away well i, I think, think we that, have proof that some religions i think get conquered question, by other religions i think the the hypothesis that religion as a whole and human participation in religion and religious activities declines as societies progress well it well i agree i agree it is declining like the numbers have shown that forever what's not declining is people's interest in spiritual matters right right just the participation in an organized form or the you have this is this is what your spiritual inclination and desire to connect with you know the, the the greater whatever out there that the 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 very i think um prescribed form that religions brought that's fading away i think people have realized like please don't tell me you know what to do about this and or you know you guys have been oh i don't know mired in sex and financial scandals for centuries i don't know right, y'all right. have the have the moral high ground to tell me hey how maybe to be you don't so. use children and re- like you send know pedophiles just, other places just maybe saying. then i could get in behind you you know just yeah, say so them, I, I think, think you might have a point then <laughs> i think you're right the institutions are certainly losing power losing moral authority and losing money and attendance but as you said that doesn't equate to people being less spiritually inclinated or you could say religiously inclinated but i think people wrestle with those two words and they're not but i think that's also that's also happening as you know science writ large yeah is beginning more and more to explain things in the universe that we previously had no understanding of right and used to ascribe to something supernatural or divine or religious. So I think I think there's a there's sort of a you know, and the argument has always been basically you know religion and science are the two sides of the same coin. They're just trying to trying to explain right what what's happening beyond our you know five century human experience. Yeah. So so if anything, I think there's more of a shift in towards you know science of reason becoming more of a people want to call it that but a religious grounding for folks than church and and i think there's an argument so first off this is why it's a hypothesis right because like my my pushback is god i hate that word but there it was like is that like this has not been proven at all like there is nowhere that there is completely devoid of religion, you know, um, and that I know of, of, of 
some sort. Yeah. And like what we're also, yes, by far we're watching the trend move to this nuns, N-O-N-E-S, like category. Um, but we don't know what is replacing institutional religion yet. And like the yet is very important there because something is replacing institutional religion. We just don't quite have a, we don't have a thing to point. And I don't think it's going to be one thing. Yeah. What we also know is that like progressive churches, progressive and multicultural churches are growing. Mm -hmm. So we are in this transition point where we are asking questions of not just the institution, but of do we do we really want to walk into a church that is this, um, you know, separatist? Like, do I really want to be a part of an all white church anymore? Do I really want to be a part of a church that only, you know, believes this thing or that? Like, how do we become this? Because by the way, being a multicultural and progressive church is really hard and really messy. And so like the people that are willing to do that work and to stay in it and the whatever um, in a world where things are already really messy, it's easier for us to walk away. So we're, we're still, I, my argument is this is, this is Phyllis Tickle's 500 years, you know, Christianity reinvents itself every 500 years. That's also true for other religions. We're still in it. It's not like we hit the 500 year mark from reformation and go, okay, it was, that was a nice year. Let's move on to the next. Like, we don't know what it is yet. Yeah. We're just morphing. So I disagree. I'm not against it, but I disagree. Anyway. Yeah, That's... I think I agree too. And I think it'd be more correct as, and this has already been said, but like that views shift, religious views shift as societies progress. Sure. Ogan named that uh, pretty well, you know, when science begins to tell us, you know, why and when it rains and when storms happen and the eclipses happen we don't need to mystify them into some you know divine sign but that but that has that doesn't eliminate uh the need for right. faith or spiritual practice etc well and we're also very we're not far from the post enlightenment period mm -hmm. and modernization like and the industrial era like we're not far from those things we're 100 to 200 years out like we don't we don't right to Ogan's point. Like we don't know what all the science right. yet. You yeah, know, right. And, and some of us and, don't even know how to use voicemail yet. So, <laughs> like, there's so many mysteries to be solved. Ask 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 Chat GBT how to turn off the notifications on your phone. I am sure you will get an answer. I actually was just thinking, like, in 500 years, <laughs> is there going to be a worship of AI of some sort? Like, and I'm I don't say that to be flippant. Like, I'm is there going to be some. Uh, Here's here's my theory. Here's my theory. And I wrote this was the last chapter in my book that I published oh, over a decade ago. <laughs> and it's the only chapter that people had issues with. Everybody loved everything I said up until the last chapter. So my theory is, is that uh, when we as science and technology continues to evolve and continues to be able to explain things. And I think we are actually going to get to that place where where we, yes, we are going to be able to map our consciousness and, you know, and so our human, I mean, our human brain activity is just basically electro electronic impulses between cells. So, you know, let's say we do develop technology to, to read that, replicate that, 
download it offline somewhere and then reinstall it in like, oh, I don't know, an actual robot or something, right? So so our consciousness gets, we will, we will find true immortality. This is when death actually wow. ceases to exist. And, and death truly becomes a choice. Like we truly go like, all right, you know what? I don't need to be in another cyborg for another hundred years. You know, I'm out. I think that when we hit that place, as Nietzsche proposed, God is really dead at that point. But then religion becomes about honoring our humanity and remembering and honoring the fact that at one point in time. And we lost him at one oh, point in time. What? His what? Conscious, his consciousness has been mapped and uploaded. On the I was going to say, it's loading. His consciousness is loading. Yeah, right. I, I was so gonna... the last, I mean, I really do want to say one more thing about this, which is like, some religion does need to fade. Like we do grow as people. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with if, right. like evolving in this. And like the fading, I, I don't think we should be afraid of this idea. I'm not, um, I feel like what I said earlier was like defensive about religion going away. I'm not actually against it. I'm saying, I don't think it's part, I think we need something greater and how that fades and how that works. and. Anyway, so yeah. it's it's not a bad thing that religion fades. It's just I don't I actually have not seen evidence that humanity will just not seek even the stars, right? Not seek the or transcendent. Not yes, exactly. Even yeah. if it is science and the pursuit of I mean, um oh shoot, his name, uh Neil deGrasse Tyson says like he very much does not believe in God, very much does not believe in religion. And yet he says, and I feel that the universe called me like from a young age. And I'm like, yeah, man, that's that's kind of mystical what I language. call God. <laughs> right. So anyway, that's yeah. that's all part of it. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm back. Again, where, where did you lose me? You're back. <laughs> Your consciousness was buffering. You know what? That was the AI trying to shut me down. It knew right. where I was going. I was like, we can't let we can't let him talk. That's what it was. No, he's it too was. close to the truth. Too close. He's I too think close. it was shut this down. That's why this whole so, episode couldn't be streamed to our page. It already exactly. Knew. We had to work around the things. They don't the want us to right, listen to things. In a nutshell, because um, I think we're ready to keep going. Yeah. So all I was saying is that that then when we when we get to that point where we are no longer literally determined by this our human flesh timeline, our worship or our religion or our attention turns to remembering our humanity. Mm -hmm. So rather than, than us be humans worshiping what's out there, we are out there remembering and honoring the fact that, that, that human is what we really intrinsically are and what that might look like. So yeah, I wrote that and people got all upset with me and... I swore there might have been some book burnings happening. People are like, how can you say this? And Jennifer at the time that's was fascinating. That's how you know you made it. That's how you know I made it. Because she was actually distancing herself from me in that nice. regard. She was like, yeah, he thinks for himself. I don't I don't know about all these crazy thoughts that he has. I'm like, oh, thanks. 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 I felt that, that about there. Derek's book when he talked about like hope in our kids. And I was like, no, he's crazy. There's no hope in our kids. Oh, You're not telling the full picture. Tell the truth, Derek. The whole truth. Well, in uh, August 1944, uh, the year before he died, I believe, uh, 
The German pastor and Nazi resistor Dietrich Bonhoeffer sent his friend an outline for a book, and in this outline, he suggested that the interpretation of biblical concepts such as creation, fall, reconciliation, etc., should reflect a new understanding of the human experience of transcendence, which is the experience of, quote, being there for others through participation in the being of Jesus. Another way to put it is this, religionless Christianity is not for freedom from institutions, it's for the neighbor and his or her needs. So he was positing uh, a religionless, religion, it is a hard word to say, Shannon. I told you, it's really a religionless Christianity. <laughs> yes, he was positing this idea, but never got to flesh it out because, as we all know, he tragically uh, lost his life in trying to resist uh Hitler and the Nazis. Um, and it's a it's a bit of a quirky paragraph. I'm not sure I'm following all of it, but but how it does this, how does this relate to what we were talking about? This idea of a religionless Christianity. What what did Gandhi say about like, or was it Gandhi? Somebody who was like, I have no problem with Jesus, it's Christians I have a problem with, you know, or whatever. It's a, it's the church. Like, yeah, yeah, I have no issue with with Christ. It's his followers that, uh, yeah, yeah, something like that. And and like, I th I think a lot of us are here. I mean, really, like I I at least I'll I'll speak for myself. I won't speak for other people. Like the the I was working last week. Um, the reason why I wasn't here, I was working last week with the um, Episcopal Diocese that I'm doing some work for, and. Um, their bishop, the head of the Episcopal Church, Michael Curry, calls like he he uses the language and you can see the language everywhere in the conversations, calls it the Jesus movement. And instead of calling it like the Christian, you know, following like whatever it is. And there's a lot to that language that is here, which is we're following Jesus Jesus was about caring for one another and neighbor. Like there's a, I, I don't think there's really anything here that I can't get behind. Yeah. You don't need to belong to a particular religion or a particular church to love your neighbor. And right. that's, that's, you know, if we look at to Shen's point, Christianity as the teachings of Jesus, you don't, you don't need to be, you don't need to be a Jew. You don't need to be a, a Christian. You don't need to be a Muslim. You don't need to be any particular religion or faith to love you. You could be atheists, humanists, all the things. You could be a nun, an N-U-N and an N-O-N-E and yeah. love your neighbor, right? Which yeah, is, which argue is many of those folks do it better than many Christians. Ex exactly, exactly. So I well, think that's where it's coming down to. And it makes sense that Bonhoeffer would say this because, let's face it, the Germans, the Nazis, they were very religious people. Mm -hmm. Well, and the, the right. institutional church did not stand exactly. up against them. Exactly. Right. They were right. So exactly. I mean, so, this so, is this is in essence Bonhoeffer's if he got to flesh this out, it might have I'm, I'm I'm sorry to make this comparison, but I'm going to go down this thread for a second. I may not be sorry, but you know, external processor. Like this could have been the letter from a Birmingham jail, right? Like the letter to white Christians saying, hey, you're actually the problem here. Like, where are you? What are you doing? You know, what's going on? Like, this could be that same, hey, church, what the hell? Like, 
Yeah. You, we have fallen short. So maybe we don't need you anymore because we're the ones here doing the work. You know, who yeah. are we if not the people doing the work? Right. And when the institution is supporting something as heinous as the Nazi regime and their atrocities and Hitler, not hard to dream of a world beyond that institution. It doesn't need that institution because it looks nothing like Jesus. Right. And let's also be very like, I speak from a Christian perspective and talk about Jesus because that is my history. That is my religion. That is Bonhoeffer's religion. Right. But there's plenty of love your neighbor without Jesus in. Also you know, true. Thank you. Just about mm -hmm. every religion out there has these, like we, we call it the golden rule. Like every major religion has the golden rule. Treat others the way that you want to be treated. They have some form of it. So it's, it's not like we need Jesus for this, you know. Whoa, I, I think episode title is going to be Shannon doesn't need Jesus. <laughs> or we don't, we don't need, need Jesus. Jesus. We don't need Jesus. We don't need. Brian, I don't need Jesus when I have an iPhone. Why do I need a savior? I have a phone that gives me everything I need. You got, yeah, you got TikTok saying, Jesus. TikTok Jesus. And I'm just saying last My week. My kids have TikTok Jesus and I don't know. <laughs> last week in the episode title, I got thrown under the bus. Do better, Brian. Even though we were talking about Brian, mm -hmm. Ohio, but it's still sort of. <laughs> You know, it was too convenient. I was in Ohio last week. There you go. Ohio, Ohio's got some issues. What what be will best, we have Ohio, called? Be best. Be best. <laughs> what will we have called Bonhoeffer's book? Like notes from a death camp. Uh, oh, oh. Right. I don't, I don't know. Oh. Yeah. So this too, is really interesting. That it is too grim. Too like, grim. And yeah, very real. Like that. Very I have real. To check my own. Like so. Our oldest is reading Night in yes. by uh, Ellie Wiesel in, yes. um, and I'm so grateful they're still reading Night in high school. To be honest, yes. and she was like, "Mom, I don't know anything about the Holocaust. I know nothing about it." And I'm wow. like, "How yeah. is that possible?" Yeah, and like then, I, so I I hated this about my growing up, which is like we didn't learn anything about modern history, like 20th century, until high school, and I was like, "That's crazy! Like that's crazy." Yeah. First Absolutely. off, right. like I know way more about the Civil War than I I don't know anything about Korea and Vietnam. And then there was kind of this oh. correlation of like, oh, right. You wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't know. And she's like, I mean, I know like some basics. I know there was this evil guy named Hitler and I know blah, blah, blah and whatever. And and I'm just sitting there like, Ugh. so this anyway, all of that just to say is like, the fact that these issues are still relevant and still we're still having this conversation, like it's really not surprising that it's been 80 years yeah, eighty, and we're still having this discussion. You Literally know? 80 years. Wow. Yeah. And, and what's scary is that, you know, the, the places that have the movements that want to stop us from having these discussions, right. We would just as soon forget we, you know, because we, you know, maybe our party or our uh, wants to be elected official um, is standing on some real, like, I don't know, or adjacent to some real neo-Nazi thinking. Let's maybe not spread the word about Nazism and right. that sort of shit, because well, if we don't talk about it, people will eventually forget about it. And, and just to be clear, we, like... Mm -hmm. Night is not spreading the like positive Nazi, right? Like it's a very right. real, but what was interesting was sh her teacher did do the like, 
so where had in your life have you been persecuted or misunderstood or and I was like I was about to go burn the school down like I was like what that's, and, that's not the question to ask I was like she was like mom it was completely inappropriate that they were asking us to compare our lives to death say, camps yeah. and where six million people were killed for nothing something that was not their fault you know and blah 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 blah, blah. and I'm like yeah, that's completely inappropriate. And if you if she asks that question on a test, like go to town, I will back you 100 percent up yeah. of like mm. how inappropriate this question is. Oh, I feel kind of sick. I mean, right. I'm like, no, you don't even. But then, of course, I can't stop. So I'm like, well, you know, actually, Hitler based his like system of, you know, this like hierarchy on America's like slavery view. And then this blah, blah, blah. I was like, there's this really good book called Cast. When you get old enough, you can read about like the history. Of... And then I'm like, just stop. Just stop. <laughs> <laughs> stop. Like you're like, but you know what? In I'm, Ohio, what? you could you could go teach it. I'm like, you need to know all the things. <laughs> I would say don't stop because clearly she's not getting it in school. God. Right. Wow. I just I just uh, on 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 my other podcast, I just we just talked about this, how there is like in Florida now. Right. With all the all the book bans and the and the anti DER, anti CRT in schools and all this stuff like they actually started doing a lot of Saturday schools, private yeah. like yeah. parents got together to doing Saturday schools to teach kids real black slash American history. Right. right. So so now all these quote unquote freedom schools are popping up all over Florida mm. for parents who want their children to be adequately educated. And it's like, what nice. what the hell world are we living in where that has to be the the response? Because we we have a school system that does not want children to learn what actually happened. Actual history. And not, and not just America, but the rest of the world as well and right. no we don't i mean you don't need to teach every little iota but but you gotta hit the major points right. and some of the yeah. major sub points from those major points so yes yeah there's well, that and, yeah and and i just like this is where so getting back to this idea of like a religionless christianity like i i don't know like i'm really distrusting institutions right now like, I mean, I have, I've, I've lived in my entire 43, almost 44 years of my life has been lived in a culture in America where we distrust institutions, right? Like, um, and like, I, I just, schools, churches, government, like, I don't know. I don't know how. So I, I'm actually, it's very appealing 80 years later, Bonhoeffer of this idea of a religionless Christianity, because that may be actually how we get back to what we, the roots of it all and to the, what is pure and good, maybe not pure is the right word, but like, what is, what is truly good. That's how we hold fast to what is good. Thank you, Paul, for that language. Mm, there you go. <laughs> nice. Is to not have it institutionalized, which I blame Paul for. So it's ironic. There you go. There You're you welcome. go. <laughs> <laughs> the Paul paradox. <laughs> There's a, you can't talk about Paul without a paradox. Too <laughs> true. All right. Mm. How has your understanding of God or the divine changed over the years? 
this could be a long conversation, but we'll, we'll hit I was going to say that, that is, Isn't that is a question. Isn't that what this entire podcast is about? <laughs> what, what aspect? Okay. So let's go to the second part. No, I'm sorry. What, I'm aspects, sorry. <laughs> what aspects or attributes of God are non-negotiable for you? <sighs> I feel like, I feel like the, uh, we can maybe delve into the, how it's changed over the years. Maybe that's a whole pre-show or just a whole different like bonus podcast like there's just i really just think too- it's like every if you want to know the answer listen to every episode ever of pub theology live <laughs> it's fair it's fair remember i'm i'm mostly writing these for groups and they don't i was gonna say that well. is not a question for us <laughs> they don't always translate well to the podcast no no of course well i think i, I mean quickly no ogan you go i was gonna say um my my non-negotiable aspects as attribute is love, but how that has changed is that that itself has evolved because originally it was God loves me, God loves us, and then it was God is love, and then it was we are God's love, and then we are love. So for me, that 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 love thing has always been uh, a fix, but but. But where it comes from directional wise, in a sense, is has changed. So rather than it coming from God to me, it now emanates from me um, as part of my uh, divine self. So but but in all the ways God has changed, that's always that's always been there. So you went from a you went on a first John three journey. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. (laughs) Pretty much. I mean, I like my understanding of God has changed. The, the quick version is I was raised in an environment where God was um, judgmental mm. and my non and, and change to my non-negotiables, which is God is love and inclusion. Like that's really how I can sum it up. Like that if it, if it's not expanding the love, then it's not love. And if it's not of love, then it's not of God. And those are my non-negotiables. And I do understand that love looks like different things in different moments. And I, I, I think that there's some arguable, that's to me why that inclusive expansion, the wildly inclusive love is language I use. Like that, that's why those two adjectives are, are key. Yeah, because certain, well, love will be defined differently by different people. And I had it explained to me uh, growing up in the church when learning about the awful uh, doctrine of predestination and double predestination that God also chose people not only for heaven, but for hell, and that that actually was out of God's love because it's what was best for them, et cetera. So when, when love, of- I'm going to subject you to eternal conscious torment, we're not talking about the same thing anymore. Right. That's 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 not in my definition of that's, love. That's called <laughs> spiritual abuse. That's Sorry, that's, no. that's tough love. Tough love. Tough well, love. but I, I mean, I do say, like, let's be honest. Like, I do think that that term gets misused, right? Like, sometimes <laughs> love is hard. Like, sometimes love yes. is tough, but it's for the purpose of expansion and growth. It's for the person purpose of. It's not, you know, right? Like, yeah, when there's no escape and there's never redemption, then we're not talking about love anymore. Well, and especially the like, <laughs> oh no, it's nothing you did. God just hates you and sending you to hell. Like, yeah. 
And that's how God loves you. It's nothing personal. What? God doesn't even like, know you. God doesn't even care about you. Your business, name was picked nothing. out of a lottery. It's business, yeah. not pleasure. Just, just business, not personal. Just business. Not personal. It's the hard not work personal. of being God. Business. There's only there's only how so dare many you rooms. the Godfather without seeing it. <laughs> <laughs> there's only so many rooms in these mansions that exactly. Jesus went to prepare. So we, just, we can't we can't bring in everybody. I can't bring in disagree. everybody. There's no room in the inn. Sorry. Wow. Well, I would echo what you guys said, and I won't um, belabor the point. We had a question that came in from a listener. Can you make your church appealing to those who don't believe in God? What would that look like? In other words, can you present your same spiritual message and not mention God? What do you think about that? Sort of bringing in. I well, think you should come to a unity church sometime. <laughs> I was going to say, like, unity churches do a lot of not mentioning God <laughs> in a lot I, of ways. I mean, this is this is what mission work is without right. Like the kind of modern this is where nonprofits were formed. You know, now some nonprofits are religious nonprofits, but like this is the work that we do without the message of what we do. Now, we may talk about why we do it, but we're not that's not mandatory part of it. Um, but I actually work with several, several churches where people are actively like, I love this community. I love the messages that are said. I don't believe in God. And I'm like, cool. Yeah. yeah is, we have some is that really right? Like, is that like full hearted? Is, isn't that the same of our old altar calls, right? Where we're like, you have to say these words and you have to like, if you get that way and progress, like, I don't know. I'm why not? Why not? Yeah. They can be a full active member of your congregation. Now, if you're actually changing your church to not mention God for the like couple of people that might come who don't like, I think that's being inauthentic to yourself. For sure. So it's for funny. Sure. It's I, fun. Go ahead, well, Brian. I was just going to say, I try to be conscious of people being in different points on their journey and with their grasping of, or understanding of who God is or isn't. And, and so I'll use, you know, multiple words in place of God. I mean, I will say God, but I'll also say the Holy One, the Divine, the Beloved, the Sacred, uh, just to try to expand that we're not just like... Because some people just hear like God or the Almighty or the Lord, and it can be triggering, or it brings up a whole lot of connotations that we're many of us have shed, which see our previous right. question and discussion. And so, I think ways of expanding that I think gives others space to lean in a little more when those other concepts have hurt them in their journey. And I read this as like not believing in a higher power at all right like i kind of read that in like there's different languages for god there's different but like not even mentioning uh, yeah if right so, so for me it would be inauthentic to just like yeah. move away from god language entirely right. or to say we don't believe in god because i i do i mean church is based on i have this with that, people who like i marry and they're like we'd like you to officiate and i'm like okay and right? Like we have differing views. We have differing. And I'm like, I, there's a lot I can cut out. There's a lot I can make non-religious, but 
if you're asking me to not pray and to not mention God at all, then you don't want me. You don't need me. Like you, you, anybody can do this for you. This is for a wedding you're saying? Yeah. Like, so, and that's kind of the same rule that I apply, which is like, if you're a church, like, like Ogan said, there are, there are denominations, even his included where you can go to, this is part of their belief, right? Is that we're, we're open. But if you're a, say just my tradition, if you're a Presbyterian church asking this question and trying to morph yourself into, you know, something you're not for the sake of attracting people, I don't know that that's right. Right, right. If it's inauthentically done, then that's that's a fail. Now, if you're a traditional church that people are coming to who don't believe in God, by all means, they're welcome. Absolutely. Isn't that the point of all this? Yeah. I I would see the wedding thing slightly differently. I've done weddings that aren't religious at all, and and I'm okay doing it. It depends on how much I like them and want to do the wedding. That's just honest. Yeah, there you go. For me, it's but, but, on how much like how much they're paying. If they're paying me well enough, I'll I mean, say whatever I really you want. I really don't want to do it. Then that's my excuse. But in that <laughs> setting, see, in that setting, it's about mm-hmm. them and their day and what they want, and that's different than right. me and my role at my church. Where you know what I mean? Like it. Yeah, but I, to me, it's it, different. But this is like somebody in the church asked me to do it for their kid, and I'm there because their parents want it. And they're there going, we don't I want gotcha. it at all. If this the isn't couple my cousin's isn't asking wedding. You directly, then that's a that's a different thing. Right, right. Like if my cousin came to me and said, We want this and we want it, like, okay, let's talk about it, you know. Um, and also still I'll ask, then why do you still want me? Yeah. You know, gotcha. like anyway. Nope, that's all good. I got you. And again, why would they what well, why would they not want you? What's not to love? Um, I mean, I don't know what's not to exactly. love. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I had this interview with a church last night um, who's looking for somebody very, very part, like for a short period of time while they just kind of get some ducks in a row to hire somebody mm-hmm. next. And um, they were like, well, what's a concern? And I was like, listen, I'm super lovable and I'm not staying. So I just need you to know that right now. <laughs> <laughs> there, there you go. Put those boundaries in place right, right from the, like, right from the get. This is as Later. far as I can stay. You can fire exactly. like you can bring somebody in before that. That's fine, but I will not go past the state, I'm, and I'm not staying. <laughs> and later, when they're disappointed, you're like, "But I told you, I told you up front. <laughs> I, I did not hide that from you." <laughs> so you know what's what's interesting. Uh, back to the question is that unity. Unity is having this moment right now, whereby we, you know, unity started off as basically uh, with a tagline of practical Christianity. Like it's very mm-hmm. clear. We're going to take the teachings of Jesus and we're going to, you know, basically adopt them for a modern time, but it's squarely within Jesus. And then somewhere along the line, we moved to a path for uh, a positive path of spiritual living. That became the tagline. So we sort of like, di- you know, divested ourselves a little bit from, from, you know, obvious Christianity, because this was during a time where, you know, the post rise, the moral religious right and, and Christianity was being hijacked. This was like pre, uh, what do you call it? Pre-Christian nationalism, but but right, quote unquote. But you can see the writing on the real, wall. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. so now, but now now there's a CEO in Unity who was like, I think we should go back to our positive Christianity days and moniker and sort of like reclaim that space and and the movement, the 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 folks in the movement from clergy down to down to your everyday congregant is like torn 
between mm-hmm. this because some people are like, yes, that's a great idea. We are we are a specific denomination that has specific teachings and these are teachers. And others like, no, we're not a denomination. We're a spiritual movement. And no, I don't want to go back to being affiliated with Christianity. I ran from Christianity. I ran from being wounded in my Christian church. And I found this place that is a spiritual home for me. I don't want any remembrance or shades of what I came from. So there's this whole, there's this whole, like, we're, we're going through this right now. And a lot of it is really saying to me is that, to your point, Shannon, to what point is does your does your identity change mm-hmm. over time, which it should, because if at 50, I'm exactly the same person that I was at 20, God help us all. Right. So. So, yes, your identity and how you show up in the world and how you define yourself and think of yourself and believe about yourself, that changes over time. As an organization and collective, the same thing happens too, right? But what is the motivation behind that? Is that natural evolution? Is that I'm trying to, you know, brand myself in a way that distances me from or attracts other people? Are we trying to get in with the nuns, the ONNs, not the NUNs? Like, what is what is the motivation behind it? We just need to assume that we're talking about NONESs, right? (laughs) I never make any assumptions about anything. By the way, gotta watch the show, Mrs. Davis, if you've not seen it. Yes, it's on my list. But I, I, so this is where this is a really interesting. I think there's a moment actually that can get back to your roots and to speak to this, like we're in a greater good moment right now. And the, and in my opinion, the greater good is to actually have more and louder progressive Christians in the world. That is actually for the greater good because there's so, and I, this is, this comes from people in my life who like live in Nashville and live in, you know, live in places where there is legislation happening around religion and they're like where are you i mean they literally at like where are you and i'm like we're here and they're like you're not loud enough and you're not present enough and we need more from you right and that's real and that cry is real so actually i really do think using not using in a in a negative term but like using our beliefs in jesus is really important right now yeah. And to not shy away from that because it it is because Jesus is being used and and the Christian movement is being used in such a negative and terrible way. It's being legislated that anyway, that's my soapbox on that. But like it's at, like so if if the point of this is to do greater good in the world and be a mission, a place of, of positive mission, like this is actually how we do it. We do it through being really loud Christians. <laughs> I'm inclined to agree with that, but I get also that that's not where everyone is and that I some people too. need to move away from that because of valid reasons, but I hear you. And there's enough and there's enough for everyone. Let let the UCC and the Presbyterians be the loud we are oh. progressive Christians. Let unity be the we are Christian adjacent. We we live sure. in the principles but we don't have the we don't have the name Christian in our moniker or whatever for those people who need who need that space. It's I, a lot of baggage. So, you can just you'll we'll just leave that right over you here. Just, you, will, you just put that outside the door. Enjoy and, exactly. And I exactly. and and this is where like I think that we do need to make it. We we actually and again I'll open this back up to where we've got to figure out how to like 
be okay with all of it and join together in these voices, right? Like everything that I was just saying we need to do, the mainline Christian churches and unity and UCC and, or and Unitarian and the UU, like we all need to come together right now. Yes. Agreed. And, and fight this. Um, yeah. Anyway. So yes be to the, all of it. Yes to but, all of it. Be the, be the voice for sane, compassionate Christianity in all its forms. Well, and this is where like, we're doing so much infighting and we're struggling so internally that yep. we don't have the energy for that external. And that, that's really the soapbox that that's about, right? Is like, we have got to stop fighting internally and start showing up externally. Um, and actually Agreed. that to me is the answer on how we move forward in all these dying churches and everything. Like, you want to know, like, stop talking about what's going on in here and get get your butt out there. No doubt. Like, ugh, anyway, sorry, I'm just- Breach. Had too much coffee. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so this frustrated. Is... I like I'm so frustrated at the world right now and that's just the way it is. See, this is why we do shows later in the day cuz we don't yep. need Shannon on coffee. We need <laughs> Oh my we god. Need... We need Shannon on we need, Sh we need Shannon on beer. We need downers, exactly. not uppers. <laughs> we need, we need downers, not uppers. <laughs> I used to work with this person that was like, there's no such thing as too much coffee. I'm like, oh, yes, there is. <laughs> Nothing raises my anxiety like too much coffee. <laughs> nice. Well, thank you, friends, for tuning in to Pub Theology Live. You can show your love for the show by becoming a supporter on Patreon. Get access to pre and post show banter and more. Visit patreon.com slash ptlive to get started. And a big thank you to our current patrons. Our top cities tuning in this week are Mountain View, California, Cosa Mesa, California, somebody was traveling, and Sydney, Australia. You can watch the video for these conversations on Facebook Live when it works. And if you'd like to start a pub theology gathering in your town, find support and resources at pubtheology.com. So until next time, friends, drink responsibly and keep those conversations flowing. This is a this is the second week for Sydney. I think I think we got to start reaching out to these Sydney folk. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think they need to bring us there. Somebody down there was binging because there was a lot of Sydney views or listens, and I was like, oh, okay, maybe they need a, you know, maybe uh, they need a visit. Maybe they need to fly us down there. <laughs>